Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top-rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Welcome to episode 24 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, Jim Vidmar, Vice President of Marketing and Communications for the Myriad Botanical Gardens, is going to be talking about Scissortail Park, a new 70-acre park coming to downtown Oklahoma City. Today's market data provided by Oakmar, the local area MLS, License number 174290. Number of active homes that came on the market this week, 142. That's up from last week's 132. Number of home sales this week, 112. That's up from last week's 108. The days on market median, just 23 days on market. Again, if you're priced right, you're going to sell. Median list price this week was $153,750 with a median sold price of $150,000 even. That's a 2.4% reduction in price from where you listed it and where you sold it. Median list price per square foot comes to $94.47, with a median sold price per square foot coming at $93. And here's your news. Hello, I'm Aaron Christian with the OKC Real Estate Show with this week's news. On Sunday, Oklahoma will enter daylight savings time, which means that Oklahomans will be able to sleep an extra hour. The Oklahoma City Mayor's Committee on Disability Concerns has recently focused on aging in place and universal design approaches to home building. Aging in place refers to renovating space to meet people's physical needs as they age. Universal design refers to new space that is designed for adapting over time and circumstance without drastic renovations. Research shows that by 2020, there will be more than 77 million people over the age of 60, so it is likely that this trend will continue to grow when it comes to home building. The Oklahoma City Council voted Tuesday to approve $7.9 million in additional MAPS-3 funding for improvements along the Oklahoma River, aiming to position the Boathouse District for year-round financial success. The funding approved Tuesday will supplement the $57 million in MAPS-3 funds already invested along the river, primarily to create the Riversport Rapids Whitewater Rafting and Kayaking Center. The additional funding will pay for a high-capacity zip line to improve one of the district's most popular attractions, plus electrical upgrades to save on utility costs, a new water filtration system for the Whitewater Channel, and finishing the second floor of the Riversport Rapids building. For more information, go to newsok.com. The deadline is October 31 to request an absentee ballot to vote by mail in the November 6 special election runoff for the Oklahoma City Council seat in Ward 7. Apply for an absentee ballot or download an absentee ballot request form online with the Oklahoma State Election Board. Trick-or-treat! On October 31st in Oklahoma City, weather-permitting trick-or-treaters will be out in full force on Wednesday evening. Don't forget to turn on your porch light to welcome the munchkins. 
All right, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. I'm here with Jim Vidmar, Vice President of Marketing and Communications for the Myriad Botanical Gardens and Scissortail Park. Great project going on in downtown Oklahoma City. Uh, Jim, welcome to the show. Please tell us about yourself. Lena, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today. I'm just returning to Oklahoma City after being gone for about uh, five years in Texas and uh, previous to that. I've worked in marketing and advertising capacities on the retail side and financial services, uh, and now back uh, working for a public park. So it's it's pretty exciting opportunity. That's an amazing uh, transformation there. I, and I know that you've had a wealth of experience down there just building a, a, a a business and making it grow and how you impact uh, the, the people around you. Uh, so how how is that plugging into Oklahoma City? How do you see your role uh, going forward in these next couple of years? What, what is your job? Interestingly enough, even though I've come from financial services more recently, you know, all the marketing and advertising is really moving towards uh, really pushing the experience uh, that customers or prospective customers have. So this experiential nature, which I can't think of a, a better way to leverage that than through a, a beautiful public space like Scissor Tail Park is going to be. So when you think of like world-class cities, you know, New York City, for example, has its Central Park. You know, you've got a lot of green spaces in San Diego, uh, Paris. Uh, these world-class cities have that recreational and that beauty beauty to them. Is that what the Scissortail project is aiming to do? I think so. And having just come from Dallas, uh, it's been exciting. Like I said, we've been gone for 10 years, but to see the progress and uh, everything that has happened downtown uh, and then for the city and the voters to get behind the sales tax uh, to make the Maps 3 project happen uh, and certainly Scissortail Park to start coming out of the ground. I think it's going to be huge for the city, at, at, certainly at the crossroads there at I-35 and I-40, right in the heart of down, right in the heart of Oklahoma uh, with all the visitors, all the traffic coming by, but certainly with all the other transformation taking place uh, downtown now we have the new convention center, 250,000 square feet of meeting space coming out of the ground, which is really going to put central Oklahoma on the map in terms of a, a place here right in the in center of the United States where they can have real giant uh, conventions there. So it's it's really an exciting time for Oklahoma City. And while this will be an amazing and beautiful space, I think it will complement uh, the myriad gardens that we have there now. Uh, but this 70-acre park is really going to be something special, Landon. Interesting. Uh, you know, seeing families hanging out downtown and being together is is an amazing thing that enriches people. And I think what that does is then in turn makes companies be able to be more attractive. You know, their their location here attracts more employees to come to this city. Um, do you guys see that being uh, because of this project being uh, kind of a, a launch point for higher caliber companies to come to Oklahoma City? I think so. And since I've been back, I've had an opportunity to sit in some meetings with the, the Visitors Bureau, kind of the Chamber, and they've had some some big meeting planners that came in from the East and the West Coast. And they were just fascinated to see the things that have happened in Oklahoma City in the past 10, 10 20 years in terms of uh, the new districts that have been d defined, whether it's Automobile Alley or Uptown or Midtown or Film Row, kind of the unique vibe that they all have, the unique restaurants that they have attracted there. Uh, and certainly the new kind of downtown urban living areas, townhomes and things like that are popping up. Okay. So for those that may not understand what's happening downtown, what is the Scissor Tail Project? Scissor Tail Park came about uh, one, one, one cent sales tax vote by the voters, uh, citizens of Oklahoma City uh, was passed as part of MAPS 3. It's a 70 acre park when it's done. There's two phases, an upper park, about 36 acres and a lower park, another 34 acres. Uh, in total, about $138 million debt-free project uh, that the city has undertaken. Uh, it broke ground a little over a year ago, and we anticipate opening the upper park, the first 36 or so acres, 
around the uh, end of June, probably the first of June-ish, end of May next year, if the weather cooperates with us this winter. What is that in perspective to, I mean, is that, I mean, that seems, it's a 70 acre downtown park. I mean, that seems really large to me. It is. If, and if you're familiar with the footprint of the Myriad Gardens now, which is about 15 acres, that kind of puts in perspective uh, the scope or, or the scale of, of what this park and what it means to the city. Say that again? Uh, Myriad Gardens, its its footprint's about 15 acres. So we look at the, the you know the new the new about twice the size of that for the upper park, and then again for the lower park. So it it is a substantial piece of real estate, uh, right in the middle of an urban environment. So uh, I, I can tell you more about some of the some of the features in the park, but we are really really excited about the, the North Park opening in, in just six months or so. Wow, wow. So yeah, we're looking at uh, summer next year. Having this opportunity now for vendors, even I've seen uh, there's several restaurants and vendors even that are getting in on this action. There is a uh, right on Hudson Street, just on the on the west side of the park, a kind of a brewery restaurant that has already taken over an old. I think it's an old transmission shop that they've taken over and they're going to remodel. It's going to have an upper deck that you'll be able to sit on and look out over the park. So enjoy some beautiful sunsets there, and certainly the amazing uh, city landscape in the background. Wow. You know, the urban landscape is just, I mean, it just seems to be every month is just something new, something changing. Uh, to be able to have a park like this and a city like this, uh, that's, uh, it's, it really is breathtaking, uh, when you, when you really grasp it. I want to know how many acres is Central Park? be interesting to know and and per, keep that in perspective of this, uh, 70 acre that's coming up here. Now, as far as, um, the, whole grand scheme of uh, Myriad Gardens and Scissortail Park, is that the same organization or how is it, how are those connected? City owns both of those entities. And uh, I work for a new company that we formed called Park Management Company, which has a uh, kind of administrative and, and management oversight for both the gardens and for Scissortail Park. Now, how do you guys feel that projects like this would affect things like property values? Oh gosh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that it does an, an ama- some amazing things for that area in the city. Uh, you know, those are areas that were largely underdeveloped, so it, it's great to to find these underutilized spaces uh, and repurpose them into something that's going to be so impactful for for the community, for those downtown, and certainly all the communities surrounding downtown. Okay, so Central Park is 840 acres. So we could fit about 10 scissor tails in there. So, <laughs> so it's one tenth of of what could possibly be the greatest park in planet Earth. Um, but wow, okay. So seventy acres, then one tenth. And if anybody that's been to Central Park, that is just a uh, just ginormous. You know, hu- I mean, you can see it from space. Um, so okay, that puts it in perspective. Then that se- that uh, well, in terms of geographical size compared to some of these big cities, I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to fit really well. Okay, excellent. So um, I-40 South, when is that going to be? From the park that's I-40 and South, um, when are we When are we expecting that to be done? From I-40 South to the Oklahoma River, we'll begin construction on that sometime late next year when we wrap up the North Park. And we expect, you know, a couple of years later to have that completed, uh, which will be a, a very unique time for downtown. You know, the, the Omni Hotel, the convention center will be done. American Indian Culture Center is expected to be done. We'll have our streetcar running around downtown. And in three years, it'll be just an amazing transformation in that area. It should be just just so beautiful. And now this is all funded by the MAPS 3. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. The mayor is pushing MAPS 4 ideas now. 
Mayor Holt has put out a call for citizens to to begin being vocal about their their dreams and you know he he's like not looking he's looking for not just infrastructure improvements but things that really help differentiate us whether it has to do with art, arts and culture and I think primarily quality of life but he is he's really uh, really a cheerleader for that it is it's something that I think if we don't do as the city grows it won't get done I mean it's got to be embedded. Um, what would you say coming back to Oklahoma City after being away? What would you say the the culture is? If you had to describe the culture of Oklahoma City, what would you say? You know, when I ten years ago, and I lived and worked in Norman at the university, we would come downtown every once in a while. But I, I mentioned before we we got on the call here that it, things have changed so much down there. The way the di- the respective districts have defined themselves and have such a unique character, and they're so welcoming and and diverse. It's just. I'm just amazed at what happened in that short 10 years time. Now, is do you feel like the park is centered towards families or artists or what, what age group? Is it all age groups? I mean, where's the focus? Our tagline for Scissor Tail Park is for everyone. And we really want to be as transparent and authentic about that as we can, as we're the stewards of the park and we work with communities around the park to engage them and have their programming out there. So we want to be as inclusive and, and diverse as we can and, and really prove that it is for everyone. So if someone wants to have their event or a business wants to do a festival or something of this sort, um, can they already register now for something in the fall of next year, let's say? Absolutely. We have a, we're, we're starting to build staff. There's just three of us right now, a chief operating officer, myself, the marketing person, and a, and a business development person. Uh, but we are working to, to add staff and anyone that's interested in the park, we would love to talk to them about programming into next year. Now, is there a reservation fee or any, how does that work if they wanted to register or, or do an event there? We haven't worked out fee structures just as yet. And we're beginning to think about how we're going to do programming at some of the different venues there. We have a an amazing band shell uh, in a in a great lawn that can host about fifteen thousand people for concerts of, of different scales. Uh, a restaurant cafe that's coming up out of the ground that will be managed by uh, Social Order here in the city. They have uh, Jones Assembly, Fuzzy's Tacos, Seven Forty Seven uh, restaurants, uh, boathouse with pedal boats. About we're gonna about a, a three acre lake out there and a several hundred foot bridge that spans the lake. You'll be able to go out there and take your post wedding photos on with the city skyline and Devon Tower in the background. Uh, a huge park for kids with a, a water feature that is just going to be amazing. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure we'll be able to keep all the adults out of there as well in the in the summertime, but it's going to be just a, a beautiful feature. And then a huge promenade that extends from just outside Chesapeake Arena all the way down to Skydance Bridge and over I-40. Uh, lots of meandering promenades through the park. We're going to have you know trees. We've already put about 300 trees in the ground. Uh, lots of different plantings, uh, some little circular gardens where people can come sit and and enjoy the spaces. Uh, the park's a little unique also in that we've installed a, a French drain system throughout the park. So any uh, rain uh, rain runoff, things of that nature, doesn't go into the city system. We put it all back into the lake so we can use that water to, to re-irrigate the park. So a lot yeah. of really unique green features we, we've tried to build into the park. That's amazing. And that really does uh, give back to the city. Uh, now, you said 15,000 people can attend a show there? Yeah, the the great lawn in front of the uh, in front of the band shell. We, it has a, a really large, probably oh gosh, thirty or forty foot berm on the back of it. So we've planted some trees up there. So a lot of great seating out on the lawn there uh, for concerts. So uh, into the fall of next year, around the first of September, everyone should watch their calendars. We'd like to we're we're planning a, a big grand opening weekend, maybe three or four days of food trucks, cultural events, uh, some big concerts. So keep an eye out for that. That sounds incredible. 
Well, Jim, I am excited to see what uh, unfolds here and just around the corner. I mean, summer is going to be here before we know it. Uh, and then the full now, now when can we expect the, the, the full, um, 15,000 person venue? Now that's on the south side and then, or is that the north side of the park? That is on the north side. And wow. actually, if, if you get downtown right across the street from Chesapeake Arena where the Thunder play, you can see the band shell there that it's taking place. Beautiful large stage that faces out, uh, to the southwest, to the berm, to, to what we call the Great Lawn there. And again, all that water runoff is just going back into a French drain system that's going to the, the water feature that's there. And you said three-acre three lake. Is there any type of water sport activity that is planned? Any kind of paddle boats or anything like that? We do. We have a beautiful, what we call a boathouse structure that's there right on the lake that'll have a little little dock system there. And we'll have some pedal boats out there. Uh, probably work with the Oklahoma City Boathouse to come over, maybe do some uh, you know, paddle boarding and do some demonstrations with kayaks and things of that nature. So we're excited about the unique programming that we're able to do at that venue. Wow. You know, we had a discussion with um, an economist uh, last week on the show. A lot of you listened to that episode, and he said we were strikingly similar to Austin. Uh, Austin at about 1991. Uh, and in terms of uh, our our culture, our arts, and also the economic placement, where we were starting to expand, and we had a decision whether to dedicate funds to our infrastructure now or wait and be behind the ball. And he's pushing for you know you know put money into the infrastructure now before we get overwhelmed with population. Do you feel like we're headed towards Austin, or do you feel like, you know what, what's your thoughts there? You know, the, the, just the short time I've spent in Austin traveling through there, it, it's amazing what unique water features bisecting cities do to attract people for any number of things, whether it's riding bikes along the, the pathways, along the rivers and the canals, or other programming that take place as they, as they activate those, whether it's, you know, boat tri- glass bottom boat trips or kayaks and things of that nature. But you really see that happening here with all that's happened with the Oklahoma City Boathouse on the river. Uh, some of the national uh, rowing events that we've attracted from, I mean, you know, in, even international events. So as those things, I think they're, you know, they've really gained a lot of traction. And when, once the park is complete, I think we'll just continue to gain momentum as a as a kind of a recognized venue. And certainly when the convention center is done, it'll be interesting to see how large conventions choose to do programming out at the park as well. So I got to ask, because this problem's probably come up at some point, you know, the soil here is a different color. I mean, it is a unique color, you know, what some Indians believe it's a, it's an Indian uh, red, you know, and, and why, you know, it, t- it taints the water, right? It makes it kind of this milkshake uh, looking color. So is the water feature that's inside Scissor Tail Park, is that going to be the native soil kind of milkshake color? Or is there some thoughts there about how to make that kind of more of a blue color? That uh, three-acre lake is a little unique in that it has a a rubber liner system in it that we're testing right now as they're they're getting ready to fill it. So once the rubber liner is tested, uh, you know, it'll just help it hold water a little bit better, uh, like you said, with our soil. But once that's tested, they'll put a little layer of dirt over it and they'll fill that up. And there's actually a a pipe that goes down directly below the lake into the Garver-Wellington Aquifer. So when we're ready to fill it, they essentially just turn on the big faucet and and we'll fill that up. Talk about the rest of the dirt. The rest of the park itself that's under construction isn't red right now either. They've worked with, a, I understand, a local company here in the state that takes local soil and other nutrients and blends it all together. So it's a really rich, beautiful black soil right now that Mm. uh, we're working to quickly cover up with sod this winter. So we kind of help mitigate erosion and things of that nature. Beautiful. It sounds like you guys have really covered all the bases. Is there anything that we've forgotten that may be exciting that uh, listeners need to know about this new project? 
Yeah, we'd love to have. We, we just uh, put a microsite up a couple weeks ago where we have an active blog where we're kind of posting updates on what's going on and people can go to and sign up for uh, for email updates, but just scissortailpark.org, a great place to kind of go and see what's going on. There's some really, really cool uh, YouTube video links that I have on there. A company in downtown Oklahoma City did a really cool 3D video that kind of shows what the city will look like in a few years when the convention center's done and the park's done and you're it looks like a central virtual drone flight through downtown. So if you haven't seen that, please go check that out as well. So we have a listener question that was wanting to know parking. Parking. How do we deal with parking? Um, for anybody that's been to a, uh, a Thunder game or or goes to the Botanical Gardens during an event, um, parking can be a problem. Uh, how are you guys solving the parking problem? There is a, you know, a limited number of on-street spots downtown that get gobbled up pretty quickly when there are events. So we're, we're conscious of that. We really want to work hard as we get closer to opening the park to help create an awareness of some of the other garages that are available downtown. And there's a few garages that have been built in the past couple of years behind the new BOK building and some other areas that the architects did a really good job of not making them look like an ugly parking garage. So in many instances, I think they're overlooked. So we want to help create an awareness of where those are so they're accessible. I also think, you know, by the time the park opens, Everyone will be kind of used to the streetcar routes. So you could essentially go to Bricktown, or you could go up in Midtown, maybe have a nice dinner, jump on the streetcar and not have to worry about, you know, finding a place uh, to park in the heart of downtown. So I think that'll help alleviate some of the pressure as well. Now, is the streetcar going to go directly into the park? Yeah, there's actually a, a streetcar stop on just next to the bandshell that I mentioned on Oklahoma Boulevard. So you've got a stop right there in front of Chesapeake Arena, right at the park. And it, it's one of the only double stops where two streetcars can stop at the same time. So that, that ought to make a big difference. Mm, excellent. Excellent. Well, Jim, thanks for coming on the show today. Really appreciate you stopping by and spending time on a valuable topic that's going to change the face of downtown. Uh, just in the next six months, it'll start and it'll extend all the way. We got three years of really looking forward to downtown just being just changed drastically. Really an exciting time. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Really appreciate it. Thanks again. That concludes episode 24. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. For questions or concerns, Go to OKCRealEstateShow.com. That's OKCRealEstateShow.com.